Welcome to the One Life, One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morse. Today, I have a very special guest with me. Um, this is the second time doing the podcast. We originally did it last summer on a moving tour bus. I think their drive was like 20-hour drive in a bus. Please welcome one of my dearest friends to the podcast, Mr. Dan Smith. Thank you for having me again. Um, it's an absolute was, pleasure. How long was that drive we did? That was, I, I, don't, I can't even remember where we were driving from, but I know we were trying to get to Italy, somewhere in Italy. Uh, that was my first show with H2O. Damn. So I did two sets, but I know we were in the we were in the bus for I think about 22 hours or something. Yeah. Almost a day. Fuck. Because there was crazy traffic and it was just a long, oh, long way. Yeah. Traffic gems. It's gonna be lots of traffic <laughs> gems all the way. There. Man. So that would have been your first show playing with us on that tour. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so was that the summer tour battery or was that the princess's tour? That was Battery, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So what happened? So what, you played with us on the whole tour? No, no that doesn't mean... How that happen? What happened? I played like eight shows, I think. Okay. Right? And I had to do double, oh, double had duty. To Adam had to leave or something? No, I played guitar. I played remember? guitar. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, Aaron said leave. He's having a baby. That's right. That's right. Congratulations, Aaron, right. to your dad now. <laughs> um, yeah, we did a podcast like a year ago. And then uh, Joe finally listened to it. And he said the sound was really fucking bad. But uh, we're going to try to have the exact same combo here today. Um, yeah, that was an amazing tour. That was a, a wonderful tour, man. Sharp Shock, Battery, H2O. I got I to gotta, I gotta say thank you for that again, man. It was, welcome, uh, it was amazing, you know, to be, able to, to be able to be over there for that amount of time, see as many countries as we saw, and just play to those crowds. And it was awesome. Was it we had a double-decker bus? Yeah. Well, is that 2018 now or 2019? 19. Really? Last summer? Yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. And then we did the Persistence Tour, which is past January. When you when Adam couldn't make it, you played Bass Rage Tour. Mm-hmm. Back on the bass. You're back on the bass, and that was the only tour we did this year. Yeah. Only shows we play in 2020. And hey, if that's the last tour that I ever do, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I want to say that, it that was, was like a quote flowing around, floating around of that tour. Yeah. It was pre-COVID. Yeah. You're like, yo, this is the last tour we played. I don't care. This is the greatest tour. It was H2O. Yeah. Gorilla Biscuits. Wisdom in Chains, Agnostic Front, Cutthroat, Street Dogs, Street Dogs, and Count Time. Count Time. It was an, such a fun, diverse group of people, and the shows are great. And camaraderie is that the word camaraderie? Yeah. Yeah. The brotherhood. Everybody hanging out every night, watching each other. We were doing like people doing guest vocals on different sets. We had a rotating door for Guilty by Association with um, Shrifles, uh, Gallo, and Lukey Luke. Not Lukey Luke. Luke. Uh, from uh, Wisdom. Yeah. It was two Lukes on that tour. Yeah. Two Luke drummers. So that was such a fun tour, man. The shows are great. It was amazing, man. Like, honestly, like I, I, I couldn't help but think back to when I was a little kid and kind of living in the bottom of the world, just kind of really not imagining that I'd leave. And, um, you know, fast forward 59 years and uh, <laughs> I'm on tour with all these bands that it like, like actually changed my life, you know? So it's awesome. Man. It was, um, you know, kind of a, a pretty special thing to be a part of and and kind of I don't know especially before all this bullshit that we've been dealing with in the last you know few months yeah it, it really was very very special you know and um yeah I'll, I'll never I'll never forget it you know I got a nickname from stigma it's like what was your nickname Danny boy sick <laughs> <laughs> but still I mean you know that's a great one for for all those dudes to be as warm and and welcoming, yeah. you know, as they were. I mean, a lot totally. of them I'd, I'd met or, or known before, but and you had some still. big shoes to fill with Adam Blake. You did great. He was very proud of you. 
Well, he doesn't wear shoes, so I didn't I didn't have any shoes True. to fill. But he did what he did with uh, no shoes on stage once. Yeah, he's a flip flop guy now. He did it. Yeah, he, yeah, he's he's done it a lot. Um, yeah. What's interesting on it because I remember being you for some reason. It was pre COVID. We we, we kind of heard about it maybe, but we both wore masks on that plane. I remember flying there just because just because I think our thing was like maybe people think we're sick and they won't sit in the middle seat or sit next to us. Well, man, I've I've kind of as you know I've kind of had two lives for the longest time with tattooing and and music um more so with music in the last few years with sharp shock but um i just kind of uh i usually you know try try to do as much as as i can you know and and, and in my my older age i'm kind of like realizing i'm not you know i'm not always going to deal you know i'm not always going to handle the 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 schedule that i kind of want um so i just didn't want to get sick for the tour i didn't want to get anything on the plane but uh, some other times before that, I've put like um, Vaseline in my nose. Really? Someone told me that that like if you you know if you're sleeping and stuff, and it it helps prevent really anything going up there. I guess. Never heard of that. Yeah. I can see people have to like the nose was chapped from cocaine or something, or just try like some chapstick on there, or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So how are you doing in this lockdown? Because you're because you're like, uh, well, we're both not playing shows. That's not going to happen until hopefully next year, but. With the tattooing where it must be hard to to balance all right now with the COVID and the lockdown and shit, right? Yeah. I mean we're kind of in the the second wave of it, right? Like the first time. Honestly, I I, I loved the break. Like just speaking very, you know, candidly and personally, like I, yeah. I, I needed the break and and um I'd kind of realized after last year Sharp Shock did a lot of touring and, and yeah, a lot grinding. more a lot more than I ever thought we would do. You know, this is kind of like third or fourth band for me mm-hmm. um you know third band since moving to to the states so um try to approach it a lot differently you know and, yeah. and try to learn from some mistakes that i'd made in the past and and just try to just try to have a completely different like outlook on on playing music and, and being in a band yeah um and 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 you know the the exciting thing and the surprising thing was that like it kind of took off more than I think any other band I've been in has, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, 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 you know, from good friends and, and people who wanted to really have our back, like you and yeah. so many other, other bands, like we just got to do really cool stuff from the beginning. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, 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 uh, you add a, a full-time tattoo schedule to that as well. And it's, it's pretty difficult. So honestly, I love the break. Um, but, it just sucks that the world is kind of, you know, the world's kind of crumbling right now, mm-hmm. you know, so it's mentally, it's a lot to get through and think about and, you know, it's, it's weird. Well, people still want to get tattooed during the pandemic. They don't really give a fuck. They want to get tats. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, right? It's like tattooing and, and a bunch of other, I guess, personal services. Like this probably some statistics that say like people would rather do that than pay the rent you know like Mm -hmm. it's this it's this instantaneous uh gratification yeah you know uh, of feeling good and and it kind of sucks that humans need to feel good now more than ever right but totally you know with that comes some crazy decisions but yeah i mean i don't know it's um i i took the time to really um you know spend some energy on the things that never really got my energy yeah before which which i was really quite pleased to do and grateful and yeah you know stuff i should have put a lot more time into over the years i think but now you're focusing on that during the lockdown then yeah yeah 
you kind of forced to do yeah. be creative and do things, especially when you are playing music or your job is on pause. You yeah. find other things that you like and stay busy with and create being creative and also trying to hustle some things as well because mm. your income is kind of frozen, depending on the person, not saying you, but saying in general, like, yeah, I think the COVID's brought a lot of positive things out of people, making people more creative and to focus on <coughs> other things, whether it be relationships or a side hustle or health or just whatever, you know what I mean? I think there's good things coming from this for sure, you know? Yeah, good good and bad, you know? I think yeah. um, it's really put a lot of people to the test, you know? But for me, like the, to sort of remove that urgency, like mm -hmm. I, I fed off that urgency for a long, long time. Yeah. So to not have that urgency was was pretty refreshing. Mm -hmm. And I think it did uh, it did a lot for my <laughs> for my mental health. And so it forced you to kind of slow down and relax and, right? Kind yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. It's wild, man. It's really, it's crazy. Yeah. Think about yeah. what the next move is going to be, you know? Um, so obviously you weren't born here. So let's, let's just take it back to your history of, of Dan Smith growing up. Um, you were born in New Zealand, correct? Incorrect. I was born in England, See, in the north, northeast of England, uh, in a town called Middlesbrough. Um, yep. I guess kind of considered like a, a, a Flint, Michigan sort of... Uh, you know, Flint, Flint, Michigan of England, like gotcha. it was a, an industrial town that kind of okay. went down the tubes a little bit. And, um, 87, my parents decided to move to New Zealand. Okay. Um, my, uh, my auntie and her family moved out there, I think the year before we did. And, um, back then there was a, a couple waves of people sort of leaving and starting new lives in different places. And New Zealand and Australia were kind of the, places. you know, the hotspots to go. And so my, my parents went out and visited and then, um, I think the the next year moved us out. So how old were you? So seven. I was seven. Seven's right. Mm. So I'm ten years older than you. That's right. Yeah, almost to the day. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so you were seven, and then you moved there, and that, was that like kind of a culture shock for you? I mean, I was still pretty young, so yeah. Yeah, not not so much. But I mean, you know, definitely a very very unique upbringing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, to 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 move to a country that is sort of almost untouched, you know, back then, like late 80s. I mean, yeah. it was just paradise kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it's not until you get older that you realize not, you know, no, nowhere is really paradise because you, you, you're growing up there and you have yeah. a lot of stuff to, to process. Yeah. So I kind of found that like, you know, even though there was a lot that was inspiring me, I had a great, amazing group of, of, of friends and stuff yeah. we we're all kind of discovering the same things at the at the same time you know like music and and stuff um i still had this kind of like longing to just leave for some reason you know mm -hmm. i couldn't really put my finger on it but it it was something that i i knew from a young age that i just had to do mm -hmm. um i never thought i'd really Be there stay there mm -hmm. you know and i i still had a a real strong tie to england and uh everything that goes along with it like all you know obviously the the musical sort of uh education and upbringing that i had was mainly through through my dad uh he was a mod in england so his record Sick. collection was amazing so um i would spend countless you know countless days just flicking through his record collection and getting inspired from all that stuff and and yeah. that kind of quenched the the art thirst that i had as well like i really um studied a lot of the you know record covers and band t-shirts and you know when i saw bands with tattoos it kind of bridged you know bridged yeah. the two and um yeah i guess i was lucky to sort of be really interested in that from a young age and then it was just kind of up to me to kind of 
join the dots and mm -hmm. try to make it happen, which was kind of daunting back then because it was just such a small country. Yeah. Um, I never, ever thought that it was possible, to be honest. Were you drawing a lot as a young kid? Yeah, always. I was drawing band logos on my friends' bags and Sick. obviously painting, you know, painting our punk jackets, stuff like that, doing yeah. all screen printing. I mean, literally everything involved in punk hardcore, you know, mm -hmm. bringing bands out, putting on shows, yeah, studying leather jackets and, and, <laughs> and studying belts and stuff in my garage. And how old, you, how old were you when you started doing that? Well, like I said, my, my, my musical upbringing started pretty young because my, cause my dad, you know, so by the age of like, you know, 13, 14, yeah. I was well aware of all the cool old English punk bands that, you know, mm -hmm. are, the, are the staple staples that you have to listen to. Um, and then it was kind of on me to sort of explore and dig a little deeper. And um, we had an amazing record store in New Zealand and Auckland called Crawl Space Records. Okay. And... Um, you know, I kind of stumbled upon a very small hardcore scene and punk scene in New Zealand and it was super diverse and everybody was amazing and we just, I don't know, it's like the main thing that kind of made me feel good Yeah. and like like it was okay and life was, you know, like I was on the right track mm -hmm. at all, you know, I didn't like school, loved playing soccer, you know, but that... I don't know. I had a I had a major operation when I was fourteen, which kind of put me out of playing soccer. But um, that's kind of what I wanted to do if it was if it wasn't music, be yeah, yeah, yeah. professional footballer. You know. What uh, what would you do in soccer? Like, what was your? I played position? all over. I played all over, but I I just loved it. It was something yeah. me and my you know me and my dad were into, and um, you know, it seemed to me back then that everything was really connected. You know, mm -hmm. like I remember watching the nineteen ninety World Cup. And New Order did the the theme song for for the cool. England team, and I remember listening to it and loving it. And just I don't know, I, I feel lucky when I think back um, of all the things that I sort of stumbled upon. Just yeah. seemed right, you know. I didn't right timing too. Yeah, I, wa I wasn't desperate to to search. You know, I was I wasn't struggling to find what I liked. Yeah, it was just like cool. You you know it just go for it mm -hmm. you know and and uh i just kind of made the decision to push as hard as i could yeah you know so what, what were you like in school you got good grades and you played i know you played soccer but what were your goals to, what were your goals in school was it to be an artist was it, it was to leave <laughs> yeah just to get <laughs> like, out yeah i mean honestly like i i did music and i did art in school um i didn't finish high school i left to i did work experience at a skate shop okay um I kind of knew that wasn't really realistic to, to take it any further, you know, but I, I loved doing that. And then I did work experience at a screen printers. And, um, you know, back then there were very few distros sending stuff to New Zealand. There was, yeah. you know, it, it was expensive to, to print shirts, bands that I was in, mm -hmm. you know. So I had a van. I would drive all the gear around i would drive bands around that ended up coming to new zealand Sick. i would screen print all the shirts those are your jobs out of school yeah we would do road trips every weekend and and visit different cities to to go to shows yeah we were playing 99 percent of the time but yeah know. so so what, what was your first okay let's go back a little bit so were your parents supportive of that like all that stuff you were doing did they have yeah i mean they the dreams for you they wanted you to be or anything or not um i don't think they want I, what what I'm doing and what I did. I don't think they wanted me to do, 
but since me doing them, I know that they're they're happy that I'm doing they're it proud, be- because yeah. I'm happy, and um, you know, I've been able to to do some cool things with them, you know. But I think back then, you know, I think my parents left England because it was it was in a weird situation, you know, and 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 unemployment was a a, a real high, and yeah, I think you know, it's probably the same with you know your mom or whatever. It's like the mm-hmm. older generation always have a, a different opinion of. Especially tattoos, because back then it was hooligans and, and criminals that had tattoos, totally. really. So, um, moving to New Zealand, obviously the cultural aspect of tattoos is so so you know you know it's huge. It's yeah. it's it's a huge part of the, the country and the history. So the to, Maoris, they call them. Yeah. yeah. So to be exposed to that was was an awesome, you know, an awesome thing. And um, I don't know if that sort of was another thing that kind of connected me to tattoos and, and made it seem a little more close to home or, yeah. you know, like realistic to me to, to be able to do myself. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, I mean, as far as the music goes, they were supportive with that. Bought my first guitar when I was 10 Damn. and drove me to practice and all that kind of stuff. You self-taught? So, you just had, had lessons or you started learning? I had a few guitar lessons when I was about 10, I think, um, 10, 11. And then, you know, you find punk and you just realize, like, to me, that just opened the gate of yeah. of everything. It, it sort of, sort of, like, smashed all the insecurity of, like, oh, do, am I good enough to play this electric guitar that I'm yeah. holding? Like, it was just like, of course you are. Like, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't, you don't need anything to, to love punk. You just yeah. need to, you just, you know if you love it. Totally. You know what I mean? So, for me, I was just, cool, Maybe. this is just another piece of the puzzle thank you i appreciate it i'm i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna keep doing it so then yeah. so then how old were you when you started your band your first band um 13 i think 13 14 yeah we had a show um at the local rugby league club in Glen Eden, Sick. west auckland which is where i grew up um that band ended up coming third in a battle of the bands Sick. called the rock quest what was your band called we were called pomegranate. Pomegranate? Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Well, like a <laughs> slang term from for for English is pommy, right? Okay. And then it's like granite is rock. Okay. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> English rock, which is probably even looking way further into it than I did back then. But yeah. Um, and so you play bass. Yeah. Oh, no, I played guitar in that band. Okay. Yeah, I moved to bass a little later, but I, I'm, a, I'm a bass player through okay. and through. I, I like playing guitar, but yeah. And so how was that band received besides getting third, number third and then? <laughs> the I mean, you, 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 have to, you have to know how small it was there. It's like I, I, I'm constantly reminded of how small everything was back then, mm-hmm. especially when I, when I go home and visit. Yeah. You know, but back then, like stuff just didn't, stuff just wasn't happening you know what i mean so yeah. it's it was pretty cool so you guys played a bunch of shows we played i think just a a handful and then that kind of turned into dsm which was the first band i was in first first real band and that ended up you know we we did a, a record and a couple seven inches we ended up um touring australia yeah um what did like, dsm stand for so Richie, Richie Hardcore, who, to Richie who Hardcore. You, I know you were just on his podcast, which I yes. listened to. Shout out to Richie. Um, he named the band 
because we were in high school and we were kind of stumbling through everything just trying to you know trying to do it you know yeah. we had all the inspiration but we were just trying to do it for ourselves yeah and we're like hey uh me and two friends are going to start a band and he just cracked up and was just like are you serious like what are you going to be called dexter schneider and mo and we're like yeah <laughs> yep yeah, yeah, sure let's do it and what does that mean dexter schneider and mo I think he was just kind of saying like like how funny it was the okay, the, the okay. idea of of trying yeah. to be in a band. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the odds were stacked up against us, but we did it. <laughs> fucking awesome. So DSM, and that, and that was like you actually started traveling. You said you went to Australia as your first time leaving. Yeah, I mean that that show. band started when we were just teenagers, like you, you know, fifteen, sixteen, or whatever. But we, you know, it was a beautiful time in New Zealand. Uh, my group of friends managed to meet a whole bunch of contacts and and a whole bunch of bands ended up coming down there you know it was like the the very start of of bands traveling there gotcha. so you know in nine it was in 96 i think scratch the surface when sick of it all went down there yep. the first time we were all 16 we were too young to get in you okay. know um, but the next time i think it was 98 my band opened for them sick. uh dave our singer he brought them out Sick of it all, stayed at his mum's house. Wow, where where he lived. They were all downstairs in the basement. We were upstairs, <laughs> like losing it, going for holy shit. Sick of it all, are downstairs That's right now. Cool, man. Um, and uh, that happened with a bunch of bands like VOD and One King Down and Shut Down and, um, awesome. So, again, just another thing that totally opened our eyes that made it seem like anything was possible. Mm-hmm. Just gave us the motivation and the encouragement to just. Just try to kill it. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah, that, uh, that band, uh, ended up touring to Australia, um, which was, you know, like kind of the stepping stone. Like I lived there for, for three years before I moved to California and, um, it's just these little kind of like little things and, and little stepping stones that make it seem, you know, like anything's possible. Yeah. So I'm, I remember you saying like how, like you couldn't get Dickies or like basketball, all that shit there. So you would order that shit from overseas. It's super expensive where your friends would come out and buy a bunch of gear and bring it back. Oh yeah. I mean like <laughs> <clears throat> we were the younger kids that hung out with, you know, dudes like Reese and Ben yep. and Lawrence and, 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 and those guys. So anyone that traveled, they would take empty suitcases. They would just go in the clothes that they're wearing. And Sick. they would, we would hear these, you know, magical like you know myths and legends of these champion outlets in upstate new oh, yeah. york or whatever and we'd be like man like we worked Shots so hard ready yeah, yeah like yeah evr we, we 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 would save up so, for so long to give our friends you know whatever we had so they would go to the champion store and bring us back a you know a, a defect uh basketball jersey or something or yeah you know whatever so um the dickies were cheap in america for sure back then Oh, dude, people brought them out to New Zealand, you know, in mid to late 90s, and they were like 130 uh, New Zealand dollars. So, yeah, if you were wearing Dickies, Dickies. (laughs) yeah, if you were wearing Dickies back then, you were, you know, yeah, it was, it was. You uh, had money or you connected somebody. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's amazing. So then DSM playing shows. So how how old are you there? Are you working a job at that point? You just playing music? Always working. I worked till I worked since I was like 14. Yeah. Um, what kind of jobs so man i did everything i did everything i um the longest job i had back then was uh at a, at a garden center and i would kind of uh carry like bags of compost uh compost? off the off the truck off the truck and stuff and kind of uh use the pallet jack and, and move it all around and, and i loved it man like i loved it i um 
you know, that ended up. You tired, bro? I'm chilling. Am I keeping you up? No, you're great. You've been doing too many podcasts this week. I know. I've been wait wait to wake up early. Keep going. Okay, cool. Um, So, so, uh, (laughs) yeah, anything I could, man, I'd do it. I painted wood. I, you know, at a a lumberjack, like uh, at a a timber yard, lumberjack, (laughs) timber yard. And um, uh, what else? So around the time where the band was kind of quote unquote serious, as serious as you could be in New Zealand, I was like, um, delivering towels and rags and like overalls for mechanics. Oh, wow. I was like, who's that going to? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So I would do like <laughs> over a hundred like stops a day. Damn. I'd get up at like five in the morning and I'd drive for like an hour. That's a lot of mechanics. Uh, wow. Yeah. Grab, grab the van and, and it would just be me in the van doing my deliveries and I would just have mixtapes and, you know, mm. CDs and stuff. Overalls, rags, and towels to mechanics. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Never heard of that job before. I know they, it's this because you need that shit. Yeah, right? they have it here. But um, wow. what I loved about that is when I started, you know, trying to attempt a tattoo, I kind of had this inbuilt, you know, clientele of dodgy mechanics that were just <laughs> like, want to get dodgy. something, want to get tattooed. Mm. So it was pretty cool. Practice on them and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd work all day. I would get tattooed at least a couple times a week. I had a, every Friday at like three, I think I had a, a an appointment at the shop. Holy shit. Every, every week from the age of 18. Wow. And then, um, and then, yeah. And then I would uh, go to these mechanics houses or wherever, man, and try and practice tattoos. So you start, as soon as you started getting tattooed, you're trying to learn how to tattoo as it's happening. Yeah. I got tattooed pretty young. And mm-hmm. I always under eighteen, knew- huh? Under eighteen, yeah. Okay. Everything happens when you're under eighteen in New Zealand. Like okay. No one, no one cares. <laughs> um. And I was, I was just a hundred percent enamored with it. To me, like I said, like I would study record covers, and I yeah. would, and I would just try to figure out what it all meant, and and yeah. why these people had tattoos, and and what you know what they meant and stuff and mm-hmm. it was just a, a link to everything so yeah i um i knew that getting tattooed would be the best education yeah that i could have you know like if i was very like you know like if i just tried to be a sponge and absorb everything yeah um but new zealand was small and, and the tattoo scene was was pretty weird and and a lot different than how it is everywhere yeah but especially down there. So I didn't think that um, I would be able to get a job that easy. Okay. You know, we were kind of the, back then, I guess the new breed of kids getting colorful, yeah, traditional. weird looking traditional tattoos, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that was heavily inspired by everything that was happening in America. Yeah. You know, um, you know, a lot of the places that you used to get tattooed and, and talk about and, yeah, promoting stuff those are the places that i was 100 percent aware of and and mm. you know and especially you know when bands like earth crisis and path of resistance the upstate new york the halo tattoo thing yeah you know it was that kind which was just like man it's another connection between everything i love tattoos you know strategy, everything yeah and, and so it just solidified it um and um I feel super lucky to have met Dean from Sacred, Dan from Sacred, um, Adam Craft, you know, people who were, were, were different 
th- than the regular yeah. tattoo scene because because mm-hmm. that, that wasn't nice at all. You know, so were they like hardcore kids who worked there? They grew up yeah, the same shit. Totally, yeah. mm-hmm. totally. Like yeah. Dean, Dean was part of the older group of kids that I hung out with. Yeah. You know, so you know he he did my first tattoo at eleven fifty seven where Reese and Ben and fifty seven and Lawrence yeah. lived. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I got my, t- my first tattoo in, in the kitchen. Wow. Um, and it just felt right, you know. And as a kid, mm-hmm. like I, I, I've never felt right in the world from a very young age. So to to experience that from a young age and yeah. and know that I was at least doing something right was was all I needed. Yeah, you know. What was your first tattoo? Descendants. I don't want to grow up. Sick. Milo. Perfect. It was perfect. It was <laughs> they're my favorite band. Uh, it it it. It really was perfect. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't have a horror story. I don't have a horror yeah. story about getting a whole bunch of straight-edge tattoos from the dude who's drunk. I don't... I don't... Yeah. You, you know what I mean? There's no no regrets on that side. Mm-hmm. So... So... You, you just still, lucked out. I was in yeah. the right place, the right time, the right people. Yeah. You know? So how old were, how old were you started apprenticing? So as the band kind of traveled a little bit, and I was working, getting tattooed. I kind of was thinking about the next step. And there was a band from Australia that came over a couple times um, that basically said, you know, if you move to Australia, you, you, you can play with us. Um, which to me, again, was, was an- another huge opportunity. And back then I was, I had the blinders on and I was just yeah. going for it. So I was yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not going to turn anything down. I'm not. You know, that's, that's a huge opportunity. Yeah. So, um, so I moved, you know, I moved and And DSM was kind of over. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of over. I mean, it was never, you know, it's uh, thinking back now, I mean, we were just in a small country. There was only so much that we were going to do. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I left just going like, man, if I can tour more and I can play more and, I can play with more bands that traveled down there because sometimes a lot of the bands would go to Australia but not New Zealand. Yeah, that's true. I was like, imagine that. That would be perfect. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, like I moved to Adelaide, South Australia, you know, and there was a huge hardcore scene there. I'm like, imagine if I could tattoo all these kids. And you I was did. like, fuck it, I'm going to. And I just, I, I did. So Fucking yeah, awesome. joined the band. It was called Day of Contempt. Day of Contempt yeah. um, we, you know, I was there for three years and we, we, we traveled the world a couple times over. Was the band already big? Had a buzz when you got there? Yeah, yeah, and it you was. Had heard of them before? Yeah, 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 yeah. They they came down to New Zealand and played with my band. Okay. And then um, they had they had a bunch of stuff going on. You know, it was at a time where like there wasn't really any bands traveling interstate in Australia. You know, yeah. New Zealand, you could play maybe a handful of shows. Yeah. Over there, you could you know you could do at least double. Awesome. And, um, That's a great scene. So, played many times. Yeah, scene yeah. Around. Well, I think the f- I think uh, the first time you guys went, I like I I moved there like a two like maybe two or three months after the first time you guys Damn. went. So what year would that yeah. be? That was two thousand two thousand I think or two thousand one. Damn, wait that long to get there it was crazy. Yeah. Man. Well, we started ninety six. Yeah. So that's not a couple of years. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah. Wow, it's crazy. Never played New Zealand, though. You're right. A lot of bands came to Australia, but not New Zealand. We've been there for a layover, but I never got to go. That one, that's like that's a goal to go there someday, you know, play a show. Everything's changed, but... I'm sure. Everything does, right? Yeah. I think as you grow older, you realize that, you know, and, and that's... Especially the last six months here has been 
a pretty big eye-opener for me to really kind of think about a lot that that happened in my life and a lot of the moves I made and just you know just try to understand maybe more like where everyone was coming from or everyone involved like how how they were all feeling and and stuff I think when you when you hustle hard and you you move here with you know with a suitcase you're more concentrating on just surviving and just totally. you know just mentally just trying to get through it and um if i said any of that was easy i'd be totally lying you mm-hmm. know what i mean like it, it really it was really kind of crazy reflect on, reflect on your journey on this lockdown. it's a good and a bad thing but i'm I trying to here. yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to use it all positively and just be super grateful for for where i'm at now yeah you know? so day contempt took you out of australia and out of new zealand mm-hmm. you guys went to europe you guys went to the u.s too yeah, we did a few a few tours over here, and then Japan, Europe, everywhere. Wow. First time, did you go to New York? You guys went there. Yeah, yeah, we do it. Uh, the first tour here, we did. Man, my memory is I was not good. Gone, I left New York in two thousand one, so I probably missed you guys out there. Yeah. Yeah, you moved here two thousand one. Yeah, you went you in New York after that on tour. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. But honestly, a lot of it's a blur, man. I had some gnarly stuff happen, and um, I don't know if it's uh, if it's just happened on its own or or mentally, subconsciously. It, it it's a blur. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes but you block shit out like that for sure. I, I had to, man. I had you block to. Block it out. It was crazy. Yeah. So so day contempt that you in that band for a couple of years. Yeah, we moved here 2004, and um, you know the most naive yet <laughs> honest uh mm-hmm. you know intention move yeah um you know we were hyped but we got here and, and realized that it was a different world from what we were used to you know yeah and um a lot of it wasn't wasn't easy to to navigate you know we definitely have a, a, a lot of people to thank for those times to um that kind of helped us through you know yeah um but yeah man it's um it's weird to go from a big fish in a small pond to to the opposite. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to just maintain mm-hmm. the the positivity, and it's hard to see not only yourself dealing you, you, like like deal yeah. with stuff yourself, but to kind of see everybody around you kind of really struggling with with some stuff. Yeah, you know, um, you know, we kind of had a plan once we moved out here and we just we just put all our eggs in the basket yeah. kind of thing you know and yeah. keep going we we put all our eggs in the basket and it was like i said it was um it was a little naive but very honest and um you know it's like yeah just just <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, that's, that's, I a, don't big, know, that's man. a big move to make, like leaving your fucking country to go to America, which you've barely been to. Have yeah. you been to America how many times before you moved here? Three times. Okay, and you loved it. You fell in love with it. Yeah. And it was mostly New York you fell in love with, or no? New York and Cali? It was New York, man. Like, me, <laughs> me, and, me and all my friends were huge New York hardcore fans yeah. growing up. Um, it's kind of interesting that we moved to, to California yeah. because there was no real reason to other than... I mean, we, we grew up around a beach, yeah. And 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 obviously California is very beachy, but um as far as like musical influences and and just sensibility, I think it was all East Coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
I just I just feel like it was a little more realistic to 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 move to the to the west coast. You yeah, know what I mean? So where were you in your tattooing skills at that time when you moved out? Were you, were you tattooing? Yeah, so mm-hmm. basically when I moved to Australia, I I totally jumped in the deep end with with tattooing. Yeah. Um Shep from the body art shop was was kind of like the same dude that Dean was in New Zealand, you know, gotcha. total punk dude, music fan. Um, totally took me under his wing, looked out for me. Yeah. And um, I was able to just spend, you know, a couple years of just really hard work tattooing, you know. So I didn't do an official apprenticeship, but I did everything that a, an apprentice would do because I yeah. because I wanted to do it. And I was yeah. just so, so in it, you know. And making a name for yourself as a tattoo artist. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It was a beautiful time back then, man. And it was the band was popping off and, and it was like, you know... It was it was different because we we were the band from Australia or down that part of the world that were traveling and yeah. and over here it was kind of a novelty you know mm-hmm. it was it was it was kind of cool so you, so yeah so now you tattooing you have a name for yourself and the band's doing really well and then you just make the movie come out here um, with just you and your band pretty much yeah we 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 sold and left everything we came here with a suitcase and you had friends out here obviously a couple of friends to to meet so you can have some people. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. you know, I'm super, super thankful to the dudes that were able to help us to, to get out here. Yeah. You know, um, it, it, th- there was a lot of lessons being learned back then. And one was to, to basically not think that the world revolves around you. You know what I mean? Don't, don't assume anything because you'll get surprised. And a lot of the time, you guys have big dreams and what you visualize what was going to be. We thought we were going to live the dream, man. We were, we were on cloud nine. Like, here we are. We're, we're here. And it was like, like, what, wait, what? Oh, we're homeless. Oh, gotcha. Oh, everything that fell through, everything we got kind of promised or, yeah. or maybe just was, was apparently going to happen fell through. Yeah. Uh, okay. We couldn't just go back to our parents or, or, or sleep on our, you know, a friend's couch for, you know, indefinitely, yeah. you know? So we had a lot of problems to solve. It's a real quick real reality wake there was up. also visas involved it was just like you know uh, when you when you when you pack up your whole life and say like i'm gonna do this like there's a, a pride a pride that. element to it as yeah. well where you're like man I, I i need to i need to do this as as much as i can you know i, I don't want to fail yeah so how so, was it playing shows over here like trying to get your name out there was it hard it was amazing no it was okay. amazing we, we we got opened with we got welcomed with open arms yeah and um it, it really like all the bands from Orange County, which is where I live now, and and we ended up spending a lot of time there. Um, probably with a reason that we survived it all. Yeah, you know, Throwdown, Eighteen Visions, Bleeding Through, Avenged Sevenfold was super good to us, and it was just a magical time for all those bands because it was like, you know, you I mean, you 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 lived it too, you know. Yeah, it sure. was like not the mainstream world but it was like a, a kind of a bigger world had had their eye on everything mm-hmm. so there were a lot more opportunities being offered to bands like that yeah totally and um yeah so it was, it was a warm welcome like you definitely felt yeah. totally totally yeah and so how long did that last you guys over here it lasted a couple of years before it completely just self-destructed and you know and it's not isn't the drummer it's not i was gonna say you're the last um, surviving member that still lives in, never left and stayed in California, but um, I think the drummer um, lives here too, right in Cali. 
Yeah, everybody he, went back except for you two. He does, and 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 the guitarist who was playing, oh. uh, he lives here too. Oh, they never went back. No. Wow. No. It's awesome. Yeah. Which says a lot, man. You know, like all all respect to them. You know, Uh like again, like I was saying, you know, I've had a lot of time to sort of uh, reflect on it, and I'm like, man, like if I was dealing with that, I can't imagine what the others were dealing with. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like as tight as a band can be. I mean, you know how it goes. There's like some, and I know how you are too. Like you, you love the music, but the business part sucks, and that's the way I feel when everybody feels. But sometimes you have to take control of that because it is your baby and your passion. You have to take over that business shit. I know you handled a lot. Of, you took a lot of that weight on your shoulders too. You know what I mean? Spearheading the whole thing. Yeah. Because it's, it's, I don't know if it was a, a fear of failure, but it was more just fear like, failure. <laughs> yes. <Go ahead. laughs> um, it was just more like, man, I, I, I made this decision. Like I got to do it. And, and if that means sticking up for yourself and, and try and, you know, just trying to push as, as hard as you can, then like I, I've got to do it. Yeah, you I'm obligated, grinded, man. I'm, I'm obligated, you know. Like you so. said, homeless, sleeping in your van, staying in people's houses, staying <laughs> warehouses. Remember all that shit, talking you through all back then, yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. grinded, man. Yeah, definitely. So when that band fizzled out, where were you tattooing at the time? Because you started tattooing. So, so on one of the tours I did, um, I ended up meeting Jim Miner from Death by Stereo. Yes, awesome. Who, you know, again, open arms, Loved what I was doing. I obviously loved what he was doing. Um, and he kind of said to me, hey, man, if you, ever, if you ever think that you want to move here, I'll make sure that you have a chair in any shop that I'm in. Yeah. So to me, I, it was just like, like my, Sick. again, another, another bridge. Yeah. You know that I'd made, and I was just like, dude. I'm did you meet so... him? When he came, did Death Racer come to Australia, New Zealand back then? No, nah, not back then. You just met him when you got here. Okay, gotcha. Not back then. Yeah. Shout out to the miners, man. Talented, talented. Exactly, and yeah. we've recorded with Paul yes. like years, years on and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's rad when that happens. I love it. Yeah, that's um, So, as you know, when it when it came time to make the decision to move with the bands, I was equally thinking. My the the, the tattoo side of my brain was thinking like, well, if it all turns to shit. You've all you've always got your tattooing, yeah. and, and then if it does turn to shit, you've got your tattooing to sort of help everybody out or whatever, yeah. which ultimately, you know, was an unhealthy decision, and 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 that kind of happened a lot. But um, you were so torn about going full time tattoo a full time band. I know I, you seem like it. You know, I always have the best intentions, man, and I'm a loyal person, and I'm I'm all for one, one for all kind of dude. So yeah, um, I just you know. Again, trial and error, man. You you have the best intentions, but sometimes um, you don't have the skills. I think to know what to do in certain situations. Yeah, you know, in my older age, I feel like I've definitely listened a lot more, and I've listened to a lot of people, listened to your podcast, listened to you know a Rams podcast that I was just on, which I thought was amazing. Um, a, a bunch of people, and it, and and it's cool to see people who are like my age and older reflect on their life. And, yeah. and, and I can kind of, um, you know, I, I can see that. I can see yeah. similarities and stuff. And, and, and I don't know, man, it's just, it's just good to think about these things and try to get to a better place. Cause I feel like as, as people living, have, having lived in such a weird and fucked up world, mm-hmm. we hold on to a lot of shit. Yeah. And I kind of didn't want to hold on to a lot of that stuff anymore. Yeah. You know, so when the band was over, you kind of relieved, probably. Probably bittersweet. 
that band no i wasn't relieved i wanted to fucking tear okay. the world apart like okay, it was okay. to me it was all for nothing you know what i mean it yeah. and in some way i felt responsible and ah. i was i was betrayed and it was just like chaos okay and i didn't i that was probably one of the lowest points of my whole life damn man yeah what yeah. year what, what year was that um that was 2005 i think the end of 2005 in so all the hard work all the hustling, everything, everything you did is just like everything and we fucking left our yeah from and yeah. damn yeah that, that, that hurt you that was a that was a painful one yeah, yeah totally what to make it worse you know it's it's only something that people really who come from a different place can understand i think you know because there is that safety net over here for a lot of people. Like, oh, I'm, I'm still familiar with my surroundings. I'm still, you know, yeah. at, at the very least, I can borrow some money off my parents or I can, I can, you know, go and live with mom and dad again as much as I don't want to. But all of that stuff, we were just like a fish out of water. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was just like, it, it hit pretty hard. Um, my best friend passed away in 2005, um, just like a couple months after he, he came and visited me. You know, which I have yeah. a, a huge tattoo on my side uh, from Cat. Yeah, and that was just that was like rock bottom. That that's that that time changed me a hundred percent as a person. Wow. So it got dark for a little bit too. Mm. And were you working at Miners at that time still? Uh, no, I was. So I was I was working sort of just between tours. You know, I decided to move everything fell apart <laughs> the desperation kind of set in and was like you know between our visas expiring every year yeah which i had the job to try to tell the you know the visa place that we were a legit big band which yeah. really we were, we were no ones you know what i mean mm -hmm. um that was difficult so every six to eight months it was the gamble of like are we even going to be here next year yeah and we left everything stressful. but we we have to so that's that's the way that i was thinking i was just mm -hmm. like we have to it was like getting people to write fake reviews of shows or or you know any kind of flyer or like any single yeah. thing that proved that we were a band i would just keep it and then that would go in the file to try to extend our visa for another like eight months yeah, yeah, yeah. you know 10 months kind that's of thing constant stress like no no that's crazy man. yeah the band pretty yeah much. yeah exactly wow so when it all fell apart it was just like now what like am i gonna i'm gonna move back to west auckland like it was a place i was desperate to get away from you know yeah you know where to go back so so probably because of that fear of not going back made you hustle even harder to stay here 100 percent. you know what i mean like 100 percent. yeah so the band's over um a couple of the guys go back and then the other two guys stay whatever yeah yeah and then you're tattooing so then what's your move then like are you like well, the thing was, we, we'd made some really amazing relationships. We were still getting opportunities to tour. Yeah. We had, um, we were supposed to do a, a European tour with Avenged Sevenfold, and they were just, wow. they were just warming up, and they were, but they were big back then, yeah. you know, mid 2000s. Wow. And it was just another world. And I was like, man, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to let this slip by. So I ended up singing. We changed the name. Yep. And I ended up singing. We, we we wrote a whole bunch of songs, you know, kind of went more of a different style. But had you sung before that? Yeah, I mean, I'd sung on 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 records, and um, but not not really in front of a crowd, yeah. you know. Yeah. 
but 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 in, you know in in the studio and stuff and I, I just stepped up and i'm like you know this is this is time where i need to kind of handle it and mm-hmm. and uh and do my thing so, so you kept the name and just changed the sound a little no bit? we we changed the name to the uh dear and departed okay and uh that went through some changes too you know but we 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 did some really cool stuff with that a lot of touring uh, recorded with Chad, which was amazing. That's you right. know, Equal Vision jumped at us and That's right. and 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 helped us out, which was amazing. You know, Bill um, Bill Scoville from One King Down, who I met when I was like eighteen in New Zealand. Yeah, Same thing, you know, like full circle. Full it circle. just comes back, and yeah. and I'm like, man, this is amazing that people have I met when I was a kid are in my life again. Yeah, and and uh, and it's all kind of working out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that band lasted for I don't know four or five years, maybe maybe longer, and we d- we did a lot, and yeah, it was cool. Too, it yeah. was cool, but you know I was uh, during the sort of lulls of like visa stuff or, or whatever was happening, I would just dive straight into tattooing, and I'd I'd met some amazing people. I met Cat um, at the shop that Jim Miner was at, okay. you know Daniel Albrigo, Colin Dowling, a bunch of people that were just real real helpful and, and at, at the time that I really kind of needed it too. Yep. And um you know, I would just switch off my switch off my music side and and, and then switch back into t- you know tattooing. Yeah, you, I mean, just always do but, that. Yeah. But they complimented each other so much, you know, and I would yeah. I'd end up tattooing all the people that would come see our band or, or 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 you know dudes from Orange County or LA that were, you know, playing music and um yeah, man, it, it just I I just kind of decided that that that's where i needed to be for a minute and um and cat was like hey you know i'm i'm coming back to la she went off to miami um to do the tv show she's like yep. i'm coming back to la i really would want you to to work in the shop and it was kind of just at the end you know the end of the the band where i'm just like ah, my priority is still here i still wanted to play music i, I always have that's my priority yeah and um so i kind of probably dragged my feet a lot with it sorry cat um, and then it just dawned on me one day after, after meeting with her and I'm just like, you idiot, like just do it, you know, like, yeah. like, like it's insane. It's a, it's a new, a total new experience. Yeah. And she was a worldwide name, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, I've, I've got to do it, you know, I've got to mm-hmm. do it. So I ended up working at the shop. Awesome. And that's before the show. It's just, it's the shop. At the, first, right? the show, the show had been, um, filming okay like uh i think they'd filmed two seasons Damn, so okay. i i i uh i got there halfway through the second season and then it was time to film the third season and she was like i want you to be on the show and i'm just like what the damn fuck? like talking and all that shit yeah just like being the main just to, to be a character on the show yeah, yeah you yeah. know so i was Were you stressed about that or no so stressed so yeah, stressed man shit, right yeah yeah like i'm a pretty reserved person i'm definitely a private person and um, it seemed like once I got to America, I was r- very aware of one being a small fish in a big pond, but two, just the opportunities that can happen. And, and yeah. you know, everyone talks about the living the, the American dream, or you know, moving to LA and making it and all that shit. You know, yeah. and that can happen for a lot of people. Totally. Like, like there's a there's a way that you th- have to think about. It. I think if if you're if you're the kind of guy that is cocky or 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 I don't know, like ready to use people or ready to, you, you, you know, Social smug or, or whatever, mm-hmm. like LA will chew you up instantly, but there's totally. also kind of an element where LA loves those people, which totally sucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I think <laughs> if you're, 
I don't know if you're just honest and just kind of like, you, you know what you want to do. I think, I think that can be a really cool thing f- mm-hmm. f- for those people too. Um, I also understand how those people can <laughs> hate LA as well. So yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, you felt pressure being on there? It was not the, from them, but in your mind, it was the craziest thing I've ever done. Wow. The pressure was so intense and <laughs> just, just being in a, uh, you know, being in, in a film, world and like on a platform where the whole yeah. world knows who you are. Yeah. And it was like, kind of like shy kid from West Auckland, New Zealand. Like what? Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing this? Like, all right. Damn. So it's probably exciting too, because there's something different as well, man. Back then, I was as terrified as I was for that stuff inside. I would always say yes. Yeah. Because to me, what else am I going to do? Yeah. I would just think to it. I like that's how you've been uh, from from the jump with opportunities. Totally. Yeah, I love that. Uh, The way I see it, whatever you believe in, the opportunity is presenting itself to you. That's happening for a reason. It's not being it's not being presented to anybody else. No. So if you're being if you're being offered it you got to step up and make that decision. Totally. And some are obviously right and wrong for you and, yeah. and there's different things to think about. But for me, I'm like, man, I, I know I can make this positive. I know I've got a lot of gratitude for the people that helped me. And if anything, I want to, I want to give back to those people. I want to be able to yeah. wear an earth crisis shirt on the show. It's I want to cool. be able to wear, yeah. I want to be able to try and get you on the show. Yeah. Or, you know, I ended up getting rusty on the show. Yeah. I want I want to do that stuff. I I got Isaac an interview. Yeah, you know it didn't happen, but uh, that, that would have been the best episode there yeah. was on that show. I, I'm sure. That. But it's like, I don't know, man. I think thinking back to the hardcore scene and stuff, like you you have an obligation to to be that person and yeah. kind of rep where you're from and and know that there's so many other people that understand but don't get that opportunity. Yeah, I feel the same way. We. We, people were calling us sellouts and bummed about our MCA record. Then we got to do Conan O'Brien, and, and then we wore like, I wore like uh, Mad Ball shirt. Rusty wore Scarhead. We were like local bands. We put tags all over our gear just to help up and prop up our friends from the scene we come from. And John Joseph was in the audience, like like a proud dad cheering and shit. It's amazing. It's just shit like that. Like just to like, yeah, man, look out for everybody you can. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and that was at a time where if you were watching that and you had no idea about punk or hardcore you would be like, what is that name on the, on the amp? Yeah. Like I got to look that up. And then you totally. do. And it was like, there was no one was, it was like, you would just buy the record just yeah. cause, you know, it's yeah. like growing up, we, we would buy records just on a, on a, on a whim, on a rumor, yeah. just because I, I heard that this guy might like this band from the, you know, from, totally. from this band done. Yeah. Cool. I just thought about it. We had puny human on there, which was, um, Josh and Jason Diamond, who did our family tree video, our Everready video, all of our videos, and Ian Robinson. That was their band, Puny Human. Oh my God. Shout out to, shout out to you guys, MBS Productions. So, so stoked. Just, yeah, that was super cool. Um, I remember w- one of the, the big things that happened was um, after moving here, Zach from, Zachy from Avenged Sevenfold, he wore our t shirt on, uh, what the hell was that show? TRL or something? Or, Ball? No, TRL, TRL or something. TRL Live, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, we we didn't get any of that stuff where I'm from, so yeah. I, I we didn't get MTV. Tiro was big back then. It was huge, and he wore our shirt, and I'm just like, God, Damn, man, like sick. so cool. Not only like, I mean, just just good people. Just you know, yeah. you, you just know someone's legit when they're prepared to do that for you. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, I remember going on tour with um, I don't know the fuck we're on tour with the Warp Tour. I don't even know how I even gave it to him, but somehow I 
I gave Tom DeLonge that, that license plate shirt. Then all of a sudden, it's yeah. in the Adam Song video. Everything. And I'm like, holy shit. Then all of a sudden, people are asking that shirt. All of a sudden, it gets in stores and sells a bunch because of just looking out for us. Like, that was super awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's forever grateful for that, that kind of shit. Of so, course. It's so random and so cool at the same time. Like, you can wear any shirt you want to wear in the fucking biggest band. You yeah. choose that one. It's yeah. It's cool, man. Um, so now you're on LA Inc. You're playing no music right at this point. Yeah. So you well, kind of, so well, during the party, you, you kind of just fizzled out for the show? In the beginning, I was still touring with Dear and Departed. It, yeah. was, it was actually probably at its busiest time. And um, the, film, uh, the, the TV show filmed us playing at House of Blues. That's right. I remember that. Um, you know, we, we were on tour with Alkaline Trio, another band that's done a lot for us. Yep. Shout out Matt Skiba. Skiba Skeebs. Um, But, you know, it was just, it just kind of fizzled out for me. You know, I, I, I got to the point where the tattoo side of things was, was really busy and there was some awesome stuff happening. And, yeah. and I'd met Scully, my wife, and I just like, you know, I, I'd never been one to think into the future too much. But when I met her, all the lights just kind of turned on. I knew I had to kind of do things a little differently. And I wanted to, I just, I don't know. I just felt like it was, it was the right thing to do to try to create some sort of a future or provide or just, I don't know. Kind of grow up and be an adult. Yeah, exactly. In a sense. Exactly. Yeah. And so that show, um, it's interesting about those shows because I feel like those shows had like a, I'm not a tattooist, so I don't know how it's viewed, but I feel like it had a positive effect as far as like helping tattoos become like more of a household thing for more like everyday society type people again. Because before they were like shocking and, you know, there were sailors or they were like criminals or they were bikers, but then it came to this mainstream thing where like everybody's getting tattooed. And that yeah. only helped all my friends and their tattoo shops and keep them busy. That's how I saw it in a positive way. But as a tattoo, it's a different perspective. But people are no longer looking at us like freaks anymore because, you know, <laughs> your next door neighbor has one or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I thought I did a lot of positive for the community. Totally. And that, and that's one of the things that I didn't struggle with, but it was very strange because, um, you know, when you're a young kid, you get tattoos to to prove that you don't fit in. Yeah. You know, it's like... Make yourself a black you're, sheep. You're against the world and you're, you, yeah. you, you, you like to think that no one understands you. Yeah. And then I was the dude on the show that, is now talking to the old lady in the supermarket saying that she's seen me on TV and she loves me. <laughs> it's Crazy, like, man. oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so how soon after, like, was it a couple of, how soon after you started getting recognized for being, it was instant. Damn. It was instant because that was at a time where Twitter was just oh yeah huge. I mean, it's huge now, but it's, it, it, it was kind of new. It was before Instagram, um, yeah. but it was instant, you know, and with the show came the, some appearances and you know traveling for tattoo conventions or i mean dude cat cat's the hardest worker i've i've ever met like i I have nothing but respect for everything that she's done so for her to learn a lot from her and just just be around it and aware of like man what can happen there was so much stuff going on and it was it it just it really opened my eyes you know i was in a, a completely different world yeah it was you know? a totally different, yeah, a totally different chapter of your life too, and totally just like yeah. But I would go and visit my wife's family in Florida and stuff, you know, and we would get our meals comped, and the chef would come out and say, shake my hand, like, thank you so much for dining at my restaurant. So now, I'm just the, like what? what so are you now talking the, about so now that's so now the guy and like that plays music for a living, which is really unacceptable, and a guy with a lot of tattoos is now kind of cool in the eyes of your wife's parents. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh shit, this guy's on TV now. He fucking. Yeah, Weird, yeah. Weirdos can make it too. I needed whatever I could get too, man. Like I wasn't gonna let let that one slip away. You no, know, totally. Like, but now it's Scully's like, the greatest thing that ever happened to me. So I, you know, it, it was time to get serious and time to just um, realize that I wasn't the same kid living in a van trying to yeah. figure out what the hell to do. Yeah. But now it's like you're like you're on television. Now mm. I can, like, oh shit, this guy, man. Yeah. He made something with himself. You knew me before all that stuff. Of though, course. So. Your parents were psyched. Man, you know what? I mean, I think they they were. They, I think they they were like me. They were just kind of trying to keep up. Yeah. With everything that was going on, you know, yeah. there there was some real dark times, like I said at the beginning of moving over here, and um, I'm sure they were worried about about that time. I was <laughs> about myself, but yeah. Um, yeah. Once it all sort of like evened out a little bit, it was it was very exciting. I would go to New Zealand, and there was like billboards of me in New Zealand and stuff Damn. like that, and it's like. I don't know. That's fucking awesome. Stuff that you just don't see. Yeah. So then what happened with the music there? You got too busy to even keep going? With the band? Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, it, it, the tattoo side of things was just taking over and I'm like, you know what? I've, as you know, people probably think that you've made tons of money off a band or yeah, you, totally. you know, it's this luxurious lifestyle so whatever. Like it's like, outrageous. you'll never really make money off music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Unless yeah. you have... Some really great opportunities, yeah. or 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 I don't a know, great team around you, or too. a time machine, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was just like, man, I got to do what I got to do. So, full full force into tattooing, yeah. and then, you know, my time in LA kind of came to an end, and I was just like, you know what, I I could open my own shop. Never thought about it before, but I've always wanted my my own clubhouse where I can yeah I can uh, put whatever music on I want. You know, how many years we did do the LA, LA thing? I mean, I was in LA for like five years, That's right? And I was at the Short shop. Street. Yeah, yeah. I was at the whole. I was I was at High Voltage Tattoo for the whole time. Okay, loved it. It was amazing. How many seasons did you do there? So the second season I did was like a long season. So it was yeah. like, I think I did like two, but it was kind of three. Okay. And then, um, but yeah, there for like five years. Damn. I remember all that so, shit was crazy. Man. I know, I know. It was so crazy. You had some cool guests on there. Who'd you have on there? I know you Rusty on there. Who else you tattoo on there? I had uh, Robin Wilson from the Gin Blossoms, Sick. who we ended up doing a song together on our wow. on our record. Which to you know, that's amazing. Coming from like punk and hardcore, you're just like, what Gin, Gin Blossoms? Blossoms? Like, yeah, that's cool though. I don't even want to say guilty pleasure. They're just a, a band I've always loved. So yeah, yeah. to to become friends with him and and a, a, a ton of people, man. You know. Simon Pig. I mean, I was tattooing John Ant Napolitano from Concrete Blonde. Sick. I was doing a portrait of her on Cat that they were filming. That's cool. And then John Ant showed up to look is, at the portrait. How, how much pressure is that? Like just being filmed with the hot <laughs> lights on you and, and it's like I, camera people watch. It's not just a cameraman and like it's like all kinds of people from the show. I shaved years off my life. Damn. <laughs> Is the is the pressure enough to just be tattooing in general, putting something on somebody's body forever? Yeah. Let alone cameras and yeah, critiques. Or someone going, can you can you make that machine a little quieter? I'm like, wow. What? Yeah. yeah no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know for it's, the filming part. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But Damn, ultimately, at the same time, what a great experience. Super man. grateful. Yeah. It's a sick super grateful, man. man. Yeah. You it's know. fucking pretty awesome. I loved when, like I like I said, I wore an Earth Crisis shirt and like tons of hardcore kids hit me up. Like, dude, we saw you like in an Earth Crisis yeah. shirt, you know. And hopefully, it kind of had the same effect that, you know, 
you guys putting all the you know the names on the amps and the shirts totally yeah you know on that late night show did like i don't know that's all you can kind of hope for right mm-hmm. yeah spreading the word and shouting at the people who inspired you got where you're at i love that yeah for sure so then at, so you come to the end of the road with uh, la inc and now you want to do your own shit yeah yeah i kind of decided la was that a scary transition move it was man it was well it i remember talking during those times too like just i'm always i'm always in like two minds with everything like if i if i know i have to do something i'll do it like 100 percent. but the (laughs) the mental anguish that i put myself through sometimes beat yourself is something i'm trying i've been working on yeah you know what i mean beat yourself i'm sure a lot of people can of course can uh but you're an artist too so i can see you're artist of all trades so it's like Artists, you know, will fuck their people. And then we have, you, like, oh, you, yeah. you put a lot of pressure on yourself and you definitely, um, you're your worst critic. Yeah. I, I doubt yourself. Um, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. Never good enough or even if you have success, it doesn't matter what, what type of success it is. You still think of yourself as like not good enough sometimes or you're doing the right thing or. Totally. It's, it's really weird, right? It's really fucking totally. strange. I found, I found that what I didn't care so much about this time around like like four years ago kind of speaking after putting after putting music on the back burner for a long time probably like five years or something like that uh was was music again yeah and davy who's in our band davy warsaw sharp shock he was in a band called beat union who moved here and on paper pretty much had the same you know the same experience that we did yeah and he stuck it out. He was the engineer. At the Expectations her- and promises and all this different stuff. All that stuff, gotcha. man. All that stuff. Just kind of, f- I don't want to say foolishly, but kind of just going along Naive. with, yeah, a lot of naivety, but just going along with this, this such an honest, naive dream, you know? And then you're just left to go, oh, okay, this is just completely not how we thought it was going to yeah, go. That's you know, me. but, but I mean obviously people deal with that every day in life in all different aspects you know so i'm not saying that we did anything like you know crazy out of the ordinary but uh i think the you know the pressure that we were feeling because we're not from here is something that very few people can understand yeah um but anyway like he you know he was the engineer at the hurley studio for the longest time so shout out to ryan hurley man yeah bob hurley almost saved our lives man he 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 let us live on his house uh, at his house on newport beach for months rent free it was like we were living a dream while going through the craziest time of our entire life so i much love to hurley that's awesome um you know davy ended up recording bands like green day and Mm -hmm. and 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 sitting in on Foo Fighters stuff, you know, and Sick. I, I just really connected with him and um, he kind of had an idea. He was always writing songs, you know, he's a huge descendants and all fan as yeah. well. And he was like, you know what? Like I've got these songs. I want you to play on them. Like, let's just keep it super fun. Like, let's just not yeah. put any, any pressure on it whatsoever. And I was like, I'm excited to not care about music. Like, like care a hundred percent, but not care in the same way of like, I'm going to drive myself mental or I'm going to, you know, I need to take over the world with this. Like I want to, I've learned that something that you, you know, uh, can, can put pure energy into and water in the best possible way that water, that plant will grow so much more healthy. If, if it's just, if you, if you, if you 
take the pressure off as much as you can yeah. or, or, or just take the expectation out of it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, the songs ruled that he wrote. I loved hearing them, then recording them. Yeah. And then Sharp Shot kind of took off and it's just, it's been unreal to what do. What year was that? When did you guys really start? We've only been a band for four years. Yeah. You know, so our second show was with Descendants at the Palladium in LA. Crazy. Which was was a total skiba hookup. He's he he helped us in the beginning so much, and it was awesome. I'm so grateful for that. Um, you know, Davey had also worked with Bill and Stefan. You know, yep. which in itself is just insane. And then we're, yeah. we're we're opening for them. It's like my favorite band. The first tattoo that I it ever got too, too. Yeah, at crazy. a kitchen at the bottom of the world, and I'm like. I'm gonna play before the descendants. It's crazy, dude. I was at the like, show. It was awesome. Yeah, so that's crazy. It was huge. It was huge. If I died and had a heart attack that night, I, you know, <laughs> after the, after they played, I, I would have been happy. <laughs> and, and how many years Capture Tattoo open for now? So we're gonna have our. Well, we've been open seven years. Damn. Yeah, that was a big move. I'm so proud. You went to Tustin. I never even heard of Tustin before you went there. Not many people have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you still call it Tuscan. Tuscan. <laughs> Tus um, Tuscan. <laughs> um, but you found this place in Tustin. It's a beautiful shop. Yeah, I, I wanted shop. I wanted to find a place that was, for one, off the off the grid a little bit. Like I never saw myself as like being on the main street anywhere and, and dealing yeah. with all that stuff. You know, I, I wanted to jump into my clientele and really kind of give back um as much as i could to them so yeah tustin old town tustin is like a a cool little historic old little town in, yeah. in orange county and there's like one or two exits on a freeway you blink and you miss it yeah but it's a beautiful little old town with cool coffee shops and little restaurants mm -hmm. and antique shops yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, old brick buildings and stuff, which the aesthetic is exactly like the what shop I is wanted. Incognito, man. It's, you know, he knows a tattoo shop and you walk past there. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of what I wanted. Yeah. You know, fit in a little bit rather than stick out. But, um, your first tattoo shop was it, was that nerve? Is it stressful to do that? It was, man. It was. It was weird because I knew I had to do it and I was just like, I don't know if it was like co uh, autopilot or what, but I was just, I was awake. 22 hours of every day because i was still living up here right That's so right. i would i would go down there and work on the shop and i would come up here and i'd work at high voltage and then i'd Damn. i'd drive you know I'd, I'd pack stuff and move and pick up cabinets or chairs from people yeah, and you grind it, pick man. up a bunch of armrests that i'm going to use for that shop and move them and all stuff till three four in the morning and do it all over again for a month or two I remember that that was really crazy but um but yeah i mean it all it all worked out you know i've I've had Sean Topper, who's been my number one dude yep. pretty much since the beginning. Yeah. You know, I couldn't have done it without him. And together we've done, you know, art shows and traveled the world. And we put out two amazing books. Good book. Yeah. The good book one and two, um, which is kind of like the, in in our opinion, and, and thankfully a lot of others, like the greatest like reference material that a tattooer cool. can own. It's like very um, in depth, you know, um, 25 different chapters of, of different imagery by yeah. by over 100 artists. Like awesome. the world's best artists kind of came together for it. Yeah. Um, so I'm super grateful that, that everybody loved that so much. And and um, yeah, man, it's, it's you know, him and um, Chris Astrologo and now Sean Hall, like they're my, they're my dudes. 
yeah tyler runs the shop and i'm super grateful for him and uh all of them inspire me greatly yeah you know and that's all i kind of wanted you know mm-hmm. um that's the kind of people i'm surrounding stuff with especially just, we just totally man and yeah. you know we we all critique each other's work and we mm-hmm. we keep each other positive and we go surfing together and yeah. we, you know we we travel the world together what about so, that thing you guys do? You guys traveled around and did some crazy shit, tattooing like in caves and fucking churches and shit. Yeah, we. It was always in New Zealand. You know, there was a, a yeah. tattoo convention in New Zealand every year, and we uh, rent camper vans and we take two weeks and just travel every inch of New Zealand. That's awesome, man. So yeah, we've 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 tattooed like and wild totally wireless, like next to a lake on top of mountains. You know, we've done glaciers, we've hiked volcanoes, and almost jumped into bubbling mud and you know what i mean it's like you tattoo ski we tattoo you somewhere in a church or something now is that nuts we tattooed each other in an abandoned church wow. in the countryside in england on the last tour that deer and departed did with alkaline trio holy random that's amazing um, yeah the church uh i guess was built with the doors facing the wrong way or away yeah. from jerusalem or somewhere i i I don't know what the story was but it was it was deemed demonic so it wasn't finished or it might have been torn down wow so we uh we went there and 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 did crosses on each other (laughs) Um, sparking the hustle but yeah uh, so lucky to be constantly inspired by a lot of my friends man you know that's something i'll never take for granted yeah you you included thank you brother and then you made like shine the light down book about tattoos Shine, Shine the light, the light down. down. Shine <laughs> the light down. Talk about your straight edge book. Is that that was super amazing? The first book about all, with all straight edge tattoo artists. That's super. Nobody's ever done that before. Yeah, that's kind of why I did it. You yeah. know, I I um after the show or, or during the show, really, like it was such a huge platform that I was like, man, what what can I do to let people know exactly what I'm about or yeah. what I consider to be super positive? Yeah. Um, and that was that was being straight edge. So. I gathered over 50, I think maybe 60 um, straight edge tattoo artists. And I was like, can I do a book with all of their work and this story about cool, man. how they, you know, like, like I want to hear their story, you know, yeah. and uh, original artwork, so cool. selection of their pictures, of the, you know, of their, of their work. Yeah. Um, so I did it, you know, and we had, um, we had a book release in new york and yeah. la yeah which were all great and yeah people still buy it today and and a lot of people have have come out of the woodwork and said like man that was a huge you know a huge positive influence in my life and i give them away at, at, at the shop if i'm talking to someone that yeah i feel like might need it you totally. know and i've i've dropped off a couple hundred to rehabs and it's awesome man you know what i mean people who i just could think you do a part two i'm sure there's more people use it. do a part two someday maybe i thought about that recently yeah because there's probably a lot more too yeah maybe more came out that didn't get to be in there and there might be people not in the second that were in the first that's mm. that's, a, that's, that's what i'm saying <laughs> i think it'd be part two would be pretty sick mm. uh where can people where can people get that book where can people get both those books so everything is just on the captured tattoo website yeah. My shop's called Captured Tattoo. Well, how'd you get that name? What inspired that? So, during the darkness, <laughs> um, a record that kind of really had a huge impact on me was uh, a record called Birds by Bick Runger. She's, okay. from, she's from New Zealand. She's a, a solo artist who's mind-blowing and 
um, I always loved her. I still love her. And um, I got I got the name captured, written on my hand. Um, so, I mean, years before I even thought about opening a shop. Yeah. So it was just a, a, a word that I loved because just of everything that I kind of went through, I, I, I feel like we're all captured by something. Yeah. And whether or not you want to make it positive or negative is kind of on you. You know, like we all have the ability to turn stuff around and we all, but, but ultimately we gravitate towards the things that are going to capture us, whether we like it or not, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like obviously good and bad, but, um, so yeah, I would just look at this word on my hand and then, you know, thinking of a, of of a name for your shop, it's like the biggest thing ever, you know what I mean? So I wanted a name that just sounded cool and kind of wasn't, um, sick dogs ink or uh you know what i mean like something just yeah uh, i'm not that i would call it that but you know just there's a lot of maybe um badass ink aggressive names and tattooing or just names are just like oh really like okay so i just thought capture tattoo you're gonna go there and hopefully be captured by what we're doing and you you, you're you're gonna love your tattoo and look look at it forever ultimately man i I always wanted people to have a great experience Mm mm-hmm with me because I always had great experiences getting tattooed by, by people, totally. you know? Yeah. And it wasn't until I came here that I realized like, man, like all the, the punk kids and hardcore kids have these crazy stories about being tattooed by people. They re- like regret getting tattooed by mm. and stuff. And so I feel lucky for that. So, um, yeah, the shop's super beautiful, man. Super nice. Thank you. Good vibes in there. It's a beautiful space, man. Really proud of you. I mean, we made that move. It's like such a big deal to get, get your own shop. Like going, like leaving, going on your own kind of leave the nest kind of. Sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't have had anyone more supportive than Cat, but um, yeah, it was it was a big deal. Um, yeah, it's funny. Like I said, man, the last six months, so much time to like think Reminisce. back. Just a, yeah. just think back about life, man. It's like, man, you get how you, you got to where you are, you know. Mm. I mean, you you stayed focused and you you took every opportunity that you thought that you could do it. And believed in yourself and, and followed your heart in those situations and that's powerful man that's mm, thanks that's a pma too believing in yourself for sure you know like you know yeah i i, I need that stuff too you know what i mean yeah. like my 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 mind hasn't always been my friend so i um you know it's those positive affirmations that that uh count you yeah. know and and can really kind of get you through mm-hmm. you know that's a sharp shock you know, guys, just dropped this um, split with uh, Wisdom and Chains. Yep, That's can't wait for that. That's coming out. It's actually coming out. I mean, it'll be out by the time this is airing. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. Again, like, didn't know those dudes. Met them on the Persistence tour. Yeah. Click straight away. Great dudes. Breaking each, breaking each other's balls from the get go. Yeah. Loved it. Breaking bread and balls. Yeah. And to me, it just felt right, you know. And, and I don't know whose idea it was. I think Richie's. And um. Just made it happen super quick. We had the songs. Yeah. You know, just just goes to show like even even this far along, you can just you can just make stuff happen and just yes. do it. And I've you know? all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. So I did the artwork for it, which I've been doing a, a whole lot more in the last few years. Yeah. Like album art, you know, which is cool. Like I I, I did a few back in the day, but just held off because I always kind of had like I said, that separation of like, oh, this is music Dan and this is tattoo Dan. And like, if you're going to do a record, oh, you need, you need someone who does that mm-hmm. to do the, 
the artwork. Like, yeah. stay in your lane, bro, you know? Yeah. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do some seven inches and just see what comes out or, or cool. after all the inspiration that I've had through album art over the years. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I do all the t-shirts, you know, Tyler, our shop manager helps me with all that stuff. And then we did that split seven inch us two together, H2 and sharp shock. Oh man, that was amazing. Yeah. That, that was, that was your idea too. Like you know, we had that suicidal cover that we put out many, many years ago on the split mm. with the ice cube song inside one dummy. Mm. And we love that track, love that cover. And then we did like that split. Um, yeah, it's great. Descendants and suicidal covers. Yeah. Then we then descent, yeah. then our epitaph put it out right on Spotify and all that. Sure shit. did, yeah. yeah. That was Bridge Nine put it out yeah. uh, physically, but yeah, epitaph, which came through. You know, it's like it's funny, man, to have all those dudes in those bands sign off on that and yeah. be, and be be cool with it is yeah. so rad. I mean, I met Mike Muir when I was like literally like thirteen or fourteen mm -hmm. when Suicidal toured New Zealand. That's met, crazy. met him outside a a record store. Yeah. And was had, he holding the record or something you saw? Like, he he was walking out as I was walking out. I had my homemade suicidal hat on. Sick. Because you you just couldn't get merch down there really. But you on know? that first album, everybody had their hand drawn shirts and their hats. Or, I was totally shirts and right. Totally. Shirt, yeah. So it's like that's what I mean. It's like this like inspiration for kids, no matter what age you are or where you're from, just to do it. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, I recently got uh, Rick Clayton's book. Who he he he's done a lot of artwork for suicidal. Mm -hmm. You know. And I, same thing, I'm flicking through the book and I see the design that I had a t-shirt that I wouldn't take off for anything when Which I was like 13. Was it, it was the Won't Fall in Love Today, oh, the, the wall, yeah, the brick wall or whatever. And I'm like, man, it's just crazy That's full circle stuff, song, you know, yeah. that mm -hmm. like, honestly, I couldn't get rid of that enthusiasm if I tried. Yeah. You know, even I just turned 40 like a few months ago. It's mm -hmm. like... You look good, bud. You're aging well. Thanks, man. Vegan straighter. <laughs> um... So yeah, so yeah, you get so the newest thing is that we did the tour this year, um, Persistence Tour. That was fucking so much fun. The like best. You, play, you playing bass. Last year with Battery. Um, fuck, man. So the future music right no now. No more touring uh, in our lifetime, but hey, yeah. it was good while it lasted. Um, do you have any regrets in life? Oh, man. That's that's a slippery slope, you know? Like, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the... No regrets, man. You know, like, everything that I did got me to where I am right here. Yeah. But really, I mean, it's good to say that. But once you start thinking, you're like, oh, could have changed that. Shouldn't have done that. Would have, could have, should have. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, I think, and like I said a little bit before, I've been really uh, pleased to dive into. Excuse me. Wow, really? Sorry. Come on. Well, you're my friend. So I farted in the podcast. I'm sorry. Um, no, I just, you know, to me, like I said before, having, not knowing yourself when you're going through a lot of changes in your life can be be tough you know yeah. and, and obviously like you need to go through stuff to really figure figure out who you are a lot of the time mm -hmm. but i think um what i've been excited to sort of do and learn and kind of dive into a little bit is dudes who are um our age or girls who are our age of course um our age or older who have lived similar kind of lives um, talking and reflecting on stuff that they've done and um, and uh, you know kind of understanding that there are skills that you can learn you know totally. what I mean like, like like different ways to look at things different ways to process things um, so while I would say I've got no regrets yeah I've got some regrets yeah I've definitely got some regrets you um, know yeah I'm sure fucking 
That's a hard question to answer to ask people all the time on here. Some people say, no, I'm good. And that's just the stuff I've been through and stuff. It's I like, feel like that's the default, like, no regrets, man. Like, I'm here and this is what, you know, this is where I'm at. Like, my journey. I, I get that. But, man, if I knew, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. If I knew totally. some stuff that I know now back then, I, it would have saved some premature gray hairs, I'm sure. No, I got you. <laughs> um, and Sharp Shark has such a unique sound. Um, I love Sharp Shark. It's so I think that's what connected to a lot of people because it's refreshing. It was something, something new sounding, something that you heard before but hadn't heard recently, and it's a mix of like all these different Elvis Costello vibes. There's a bunch of vibes in there. Like, wh what is the key influences for Sharp Shark? Well, like I said, me and Davey kind of grew up in the on the exact same, you know, healthy diet of of bands like Elvis Costello or yeah. The Jam or that's I mean, right, The Jam. It, it, English, I mean, England has such a, a huge history of amazing music, and it's just what you listen to when you're a kid. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, th those bands for sure are huge influences. But like I said, Descendants, all yeah, you can hear all that in there, man. I mean, no pun intended. <laughs> well, you can hear it all in there for sure. All yeah. that stuff. All that's a good. Yeah, it's a good I, 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 I love how I feel playing with the band, you know, it, it yeah. to me, it's just right. You know, you can like see that though and see the energy and feel like you guys yeah. really connect with each other. It's a good crew. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that people are a little older kind of back it too. Cause it's, yeah, it's got a nostalgic vibe you know. to it, even though it's something new and fresh and it's got that, yeah, that throwback. Kind we of do, we just tried to strip everything back and just make it about that, the song, yeah. you know? And I think with all the noise that's going on in the world and, especially music. I mean, you've lived all th through the, the changes of like totally. what's, what's popular at the moment, what's not. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of like put your toes in the, the sort of mainstream pool. And then you're it's yeah. like, oh, it's like, you know what? No, we need to like be true to kind of more what we are or, or whatever. And it's good to just feel good about what you're doing and strip it back and go, it has to be about the song and it has to connect. Totally. Um, so yeah. hundred percent. Um, do you have any daily rituals? Daily rituals. Um, I know you're a coffee head. I'm a coffee head. Not not as much as some, but I, I love coffee. Um, I definitely have a, a very strict sort of schedule um, with working out, riding my bike. That's right. Um, I would love to breathe more. Like uh, I've been lucky to kind of do a couple of like pretty That's right. amazing um, classes with my good friend Lucas. Yeah, I seen the city. Lucas comes from the same place I do and to do what he's done, I have the utmost respect for him and, and Hella. Um, they have a, a thing called the O2 Awakening and it's all about breath work. Gotcha. And if anyone doesn't know about it, please look into it. The O2 Awakening. It's like it really is an an awakening. It's like I was carrying a lot of weight for the longest time and with the help of them, they helped me just kind of get rid of it and, and, yeah. and just not start fresh but just really kind of tap into what you're supposed to be doing. What yeah. you, I don't know what it's just a, a clarity that I couldn't get anywhere else. I'm going to um, try that shit. I've seen you do that and talk it's, about it's, it. It's stuff. awesome. Yeah. They have a five minute practice that I try to do as often as I can. I, I'm not perfect at it. I don't do it every day, which I should, but man, they've, they've helped so many people. Uh, and I'm not preachy guy in any way about anything like yeah. I, I, but to me personally, it, it really helped me. So yeah, I mean, eating, eating good, um, yoga, I'm hypermobile. Okay. <laughs> which means I'm very flexible and very bendy. Okay. So yoga, the last time I did yoga, 
I love stretching, but mm-hmm. yoga, I've had <laughs> issues with my knees. Gotcha. So I had a real bad problem with my knees. So okay. I'm, I, I stay away from certain yoga exercises, but yeah. I have a huge respect for yoga. Okay. And it's good for a lot of people, but, um, you know, I'm naturally kind of bendy. Limber. So um, Stretchy. But yeah, we, uh, I try to go in the ocean as much as possible. You know, that, that to me, like growing up in New Zealand will always be a, a strong connection to, to New Zealand, you know? And, and you surfed a lot growing up, right? Surfing. Yeah. And skateboarding too, though. Always. Were you street skater? Yep. And ramp. I mean, the fir- first, first skating I did was, was ramp because New Zealand didn't really have any, I mean, the streets are kind of all beat up and yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, New Zealand's amazing for the, fu- actually the, the, the government really puts a lot of funding into skate parks over there and, yeah. and, and kind of has for 10, 20 years. I mean, I've been gone for the longest time. What was your but, favorite trick? I mean, I was never that good, honestly. To, to me, dropping in on a on a twelve foot like vert ramp Sick. was probably my that's no joke. crowning achievement. But yeah. um, all these. But yeah, I mean, me me and all my friends, we would love to just bomb hills and just Sick. be skate punks. You know <laughs> what I mean? It wasn't so much about tricks; it was just about camaraderie, hit, hit, hitting the city yeah, in yeah. Auckland. We would yeah. we would skate down the main the main street through traffic mm-hmm. and. And stuff like that. Do you have a it favorite was, skater or board back then? I mean, probably being honest, Jamie Thomas or Ed Templeton. Nice. I, th- I would say Ed Templeton's probably my favorite skater. You know, that, awesome. that, that era um, was was huge for me. But, cool. I mean, obviously, you know, Hosoy and Caballero and being able to meet and tattoo those yeah, guys. Man. You know, and Coach, uh, Coach Caballero doing a... A tattoo on, on you in my right. shop. And a story too. Yeah, I tattooed you. You know, me. like... That was so fun, man. Such special times, man. So, but, but uh, you know, to me, the, the, the artwork behind skating was just... Incredible, man. The most powerful thing ever. Jim Phillips is and always will be a yeah. hero. Yeah. You know? All that shit. The bone so. shit. All, all the art. The craziest shit. Tom Guerrero. Yeah. Mark Gonzalez. Lance Mountain. Yeah. I remember one of... Jeff Phillips. One of my first, like... There's been a lot of like realizations after moving to to America of like, wait, am I in this place where this was filmed? Or like, yeah. am I, wait, like Kurt Cobain's house is down the street from where I'm at. I'm at this coffee shop Damn. and like, wow, we're, we randomly, have, you know, in this yeah. t- city or whatever, like um, was uh, on Gleam in the Cube when they exit the freeway, I think towards the end, okay. just about uh, towards the end where, the, where they pick up... Um, Tony Hawk from the Pizza Hut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says Catella. Catella exit okay, yeah, on the no, freeway. I've seen that before. Yeah, oh shit. Okay. So visiting Orange County and seeing Catella, I'm like, Catella? Where do I know Catella from? Wow, it's I like, didn't do that. It's, a, it's, it's a street in, in Orange County. You know what I mean? I'm like, God damn it, Catella, I'm damn, here. you're right. I, I <laughs> Take a photo, that. send it to my skater friends back home. You know what I mean? Stupid. It's random shit like that. It pops up from your life. Where did I know that from? And then you're fucking there. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember Catella. I remember that. Um, you can see, I know the answer to this question because I know you for many, many years. You're an optimist. You're not a pessimist. So you, you feel like you're in between? You're a realist? My wife calls herself a realist. Ah, oh, man. I don't want to give in to the world. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to I wanna keep that part of me that's that's optimistic. Yeah. You know, like, the world sucks and there's, there's so many things to be negative about. You know, it's yeah. e- it's so easy to just go go down that road. Totally. And I, I just I just feel like being positive is my thing, and no one no one can kind of take it away from me. Yeah. 
and a lot of people are going to try. So being optimistic, I feel like I've gone through enough in life that there's no reason to not be optimistic. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Um, Yeah. There's no reason to to not be like that. You know, like as soon as you're negative or as soon as you think that something isn't going to happen, then somebody someone has something on you you know whether it's a person or it's in the in the stars you know what i mean yeah, it's totally. it's like dude like you you as much as everything's meant to be you can kind of control your destiny a bit as well so totally yeah i'll always so, be so optimist optimist yeah yeah do you have like a top five like uh inspirations i know you mentioned like a tattoo artist earlier like you have top five inspirations maybe in tattooing or music or i know descendants is in the mix for sure Descendants just, yeah, I mean, it's bands like that that just connect with you on a level where you literally think that you're the only person that they're touching. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. Like, you know, hearing and, and, and saying some of the lyrics for Descendants songs connected with me on such a level that some other bands didn't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And... um in, in, inspiration and influence is obviously everywhere but yeah i mean yeah th- th- there's people who have pushed pushed it uh, and made it so that i basically go through life going you always should try you always can try you can always try harder yeah you, you have this to live up to you know what i mean like totally i know we were talking about grime who's yeah who's one of my heroes in tattooing you know like he stayed at my house Mm-hmm. you know what i mean and 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 it's it's crazy but it's like he pushed art and tattooing to a point that i w- i know i'll never reach you know what i mean i, I oh. i'm 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 completely realistic in yeah. that sense but for him to change the world like he has I'm, i i love that i love yeah. that he did that and all i can do is admire that and yeah. try to give back as much as possible and try to mm-hmm. I don't know, man. If he's proud for any one thing that I've done, yeah, that's that's rad, you know. Totally. So I take those things with me through life, uh, you know. So those are the main inspirations, those two probably. Uh, I mean, there's 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 tons of inspiration. I just Robert Smith. Yeah, I mean, he's a, just a powerhouse, and his yeah. and his, you know what I mean. Like, look what he did. He changed the world. But what's a band that you love so much? Is it probably Descendants? Yeah, I mean, sure. But The Cure, I mean, definitely That's my favorite band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I know we were at the same show when we yeah. saw them at the Troubadour to like 200 people. Yeah. I mean, it's like truly life-changing. I remember getting a tape from maybe from my dad or when I was just a yeah. child, you know? It's crazy, man. And it's, like, pops. and it's like, there he is. I'm, I'm six feet away. You know yeah. what I mean? So I don't know, man. I I feel like I'm rambling on about like no. like gushing about like never losing that uh you know um drive or or, or nostalgia or yeah. whatever whatever it is but man it's like don't don't let life get you man because it'll fucking mm-hmm. get you you know yeah was is it uh I'm gonna give a shout out to Scully right now because how long have you guys been married for now eleven years so yeah it's definitely a, to balance all that tattooing being married being a husband, being a musician, traveling. Mm. It's hard. It's, it's a hard, it's a hard to balance for a lot of people, man. It's hard to, for to me. Be, to, 11 years is amazing. Like I'm yeah. almost 25, but all that balances. My wife told me recently that because of the COVID, we see each other so much. We're on top of each other, literally yeah. in this house. And she's like, you know, the reason why we're married so long is because you are in a band. You do yeah. leave and you come back that 
that sense of missing each other in that space. Totally. So totally. it's like, this is a challenge for relationships to go through. You guys been through a lot because you, you traveled, did the show everywhere, you know? Yeah. There's not one second that I, that I, I don't completely value her in our relationship, you know? And it's, it, it is crazy to think of what I do and what my usual sort of like schedule is and, yeah. and stuff like that. You know, she's got the most, a hundred percent, the most supportive person to you know that i've ever met you know I'm, yeah. I'm truly grateful beautiful soul beautiful person inside and out and it's it's like you meet people like that and you realize that you, you there's more to it you know what i mean yeah. there's more to life there's more to you you know like whatever you've been thinking up until now like yeah. dude like forget that like now it's different you know yeah. like you got you got to really you know you guys met on tour back in the day kind of or no yeah 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 met on tour which and, band um with what band dear dear departed yeah 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 Yeah. met her in florida and then i don't know i don't know how it's worked man it's it's on paper it shouldn't have but she's the best (laughs) and i I know that you know i truly know that and um, we're very lucky man we're supporting women in our lives yeah because we're like big kids in a sense we like the stuff we do is not in society like a real job so like a tattoo shop or a musician and and we're like i I feel like we're big kids because we get to do what we love and i think that uh, we're definitely not as mature as our women are and they give us space and they support us so much to be creative and do kind of follow our dreams in a sense it's pretty awesome have you ever thought about not doing music mm. like what, there must have been times where it was I just mean, yeah we, we, we had a hiatus from the go record to nothing to prove which was seven years we played some shows but we weren't making any music and that's when i like fucking worked for um golden voice you know, doing the gear and all that stuff. Doing and all the stuff that people would kind of do for you. Exactly. And it's weird, yeah, that, right? That was a different reality. And I, I actually enjoyed it. And um, yeah, I did that. Um, and then I started working for those other um, app companies. Like I did Trig and I did something else after that. Mm. But yeah, so th- there was that time where we were so burnt on touring from the first record all the way to go. We were so burnt. And then we had this seven-year hiatus. And I did Hazen Street in there too towards the end of that actually. Mm. Um but yeah, so we like, you know, you really missed it. But for a second, you're like, I'm burned. I'm done with this. You know what I mean? What's my next move? And then it always brings you back. It always sucks you back. And you go, oh, let's make a new record. And then we did nothing to prove. And then toured on that for like fucking 10 years. But yeah, you get a little burnt on it at times, for sure. You definitely not, never, never wanted to quit. You definitely get, you got burnt. Like we went pretty hard touring six, eight, nine, ten 10 weeks in vans and traveling fine. Moon was selling merch and I didn't have a kid. And I wasn't married. And we had really no responsibilities, you know, like just being on the road, married to the road type of shit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you definitely get burnt. And uh, I think the, I think us taking that seven-year hiatus is the reason why we're still together 25 years later because we took that space and that time out of respect for each other. We, we don't want to hate it. We love each other. We don't want to hate each other. It's not worth it, you know, and you get burnt out on, on each other. So yeah, yeah, man, very lucky to still be playing music in 25 years later. It's fucking wild, man. It's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think, you know, you guys obviously from the glory days too right so it's like <laughs> now now it's 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 even cooler that you're playing together and you're you know you have such a long awesome legacy history. and history you know yeah and and now you get to do this and you get to like invite all your old friends and and some and new talk fr- about and it. new friends and talk about it all yeah. you know what i mean it's so. really been therapeutic it's really been awesome to have this podcast to talk to people even people like you that we did the interview before but stuff you think you know somebody, then you hear more shit and learn more about somebody you've known for a long time. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said last week, you have an EK on from Warzone and Sickle. I never knew his, until I had him on the podcast, I didn't really know his full name. 
only knew him as EK. I have all these friends I've only known as like nicknames their whole life. Yeah. And then we have to do a podcast where I'd be professional. You look him up like, oh shit, that's his real name. <laughs> it's this shit like that is learning more about people that you thought you really knew everything about, you know? But I knew your journey too because we've been friends for a long time. What year did I meet you? So I moved here in 2004 and I want to say it was then. It was straight yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I never met you before that, huh? Oh, man, I... I, think I didn't come so. to I never came to New Zealand though. So like, yeah, I think it, I don't Australia know. I want to say it happened though, but I, I don't know where. Unless I came with sick of it all back in the day. I don't know, man. Nah. Toe to toe tour in like the nineties and shit. I don't know. Nah, the, I, I wasn't in Australia at that point, but, um, but yeah, I remember seeing Max cause he was a baby. Yeah. He was born in 2003. And now I'm going to do his first tattoo in a few months. Fuck. January turns 18. This motherfucker told me and Dan today, like, he wants to go surfing in Huntington Beach with the bros and Dan in the morning. <laughs> and then he wants to get his first tat on, the, on his birthday. So that's going to be really interesting. It's going to be awesome. What, hope, what, can, I, what can I say about it? I can't say shit. You can't say shit. I got tattooed at 18. My fucking exactly. And I just hope he sticks with his original idea that he's had since he was probably, what, like five or six years old. Oh, that's a great one, When too. I would be in this very kitchen tattooing, you, Isaac, a bunch of, yeah. uh, I mean, anyone who was around, and he used to come in at, Two thirty-three in the morning, great, great parenting. Fuck off. And ask me for a dead bird on his face. That's right. So for many years after that, it was always a conversation with Dan. I want a dead bird. I want a dead bird. Max, come here. I want a dead bird. I want a dead bird. That was all this fucking. I don't know where that came from. Maybe you saw like the Atticus logo. Ooh. Yeah, maybe Max, right. The, come here, Max. So Dan's just talking about how you were a little kid. What What made you want to like get a dead bird in your face? Where did the idea come from? I think I was with. Who was I with? I was with someone and I saw a dead bird. Um, hold on. Like a real, a real dead bird? No, a fake one. Yeah, I, f- I saw a real dead well, bird. Well, you didn't see like a picture of it? Cause there no, was no, no, no. I was like in like, I was probably taking a walk. I think it was with my man or something. I was uh-huh. the first dead bird you ever saw? No, I saw many of them back in my day. Okay. No, <laughs> no. I saw a dead bird when I was probably on a walk with my nana or something like that. And it was like a black bird. I don't even know what, who it was, what it was, who I was with, when it was. But I know for a fact I saw a dead bird somewhere. It was like the first dead bird I ever saw. And I was like, I probably was sad, but I was probably also like, whoa, cool. And then I was like, I want that on my face. As if I, I don't even know. I don't even remember. You know how like little you ago. were, right? You yeah, were like, like 10 years ago? Y- younger than younger. seven? Yeah, you were like yeah. five, six years old. Yeah, it probably scarred me. I just did. I was you were like, like tweaking on sugar and like I didn't know three how in the react. morning. You know what's crazy is that's all that kids your age now are getting tattooed is dead birds on their face. Yeah. So you got to go against the grain, man. Everyone's getting dead birds. Everyone's getting face face tattoos. A couple months, I turned eighteen. What's it gonna be? Uh, probably surfboard or (laughs) has to be my dad's name. You know, (laughs) got to make him feel good or my mom's. I don't know how she feel about that. I don't know. I want to get Moon and Toby on my, underneath my eyes. Chill. <laughs> I have to die. What, 18? You want to surf with, though, right? Sure. i am most likely be surfing by then, but I don't know. I don't know what else I want. Four uh, months from now, you're not surfing? Of course I'll be surfing, but I don't know what I want. I mean, I'll never regret it. It's not like... For it, right? Yeah. You should get the whole Point Break movie poster as a back piece. Yeah, perfect. You know? Or like, um, what was the original movie? Um, North Shore. Oh, Endless Summer? Best movie in the world. <laughs> Loved it. No, I'm just kidding. It was great. No, but I do want a tattoo when I'm 18. So a couple months from now, I'm gonna go. I'll squeeze you in, mate. I'll squeeze you in. Okay. I give this mic a cut. Dan, it's funny because a couple of months ago, Max was like, "I want to do. I want to get hand poked." 
all my friends are hand poking, getting tattoos in the classrooms. And I'm like, dude, you knock. It said, look, look at your dad. Look at all my friends. I'm a tattoo artist. You can pick anybody you want to pick to yeah. get tattooed. Like, why are you get a hand That's poke? That's how it goes, in man. The back, in the back right. of, and the stick and poke in the back of a classroom. Try your hardest to not be like your mom and dad, right? Exactly. So, <laughs> on that note, Max is going to get his first tattoo from Dan in January. He turns 18. Cool. So, we all downhill from there. Um, <laughs> we covered a lot of your life, man. I think we covered a lot of good things about it. I mean, that tour with you was incredible. Shout out to everybody who's on the Persistence Tour, dude. It was such an amazing tour, man. Unreal. I just, I mean, it was really sad leaving that tour. And then when the pandemic hit, realizing that that might be the only tour we did this year, mm. you know, and that what that was an ongoing theme on the tour. Like, I don't care if this is the last tour I do. This is gonna be the this is the best tour I ever done. Who cares? This is yep. my last tour. You know what I mean? Like, yes. But yeah, Dan, thank you for everything. I mean, you tattooed so much of my body. You've seen so many parts <sighs> of my body that just you, my, that just you, my wife saw. And um, yeah, dude, fucking extra my whole body. Just everything I have is such beautiful work from you. So I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I do remember you tattooing me at the house. Me, you, and Isaac and Moon doing tattoos in the office. <laughs> it was fucking crazy, man. Isaac tattooed me as well. That's right. TCOB. Yeah. I got one of those too. Looks um, good. He always that, asked me if it, he always asked me how it's looking. Were you here too and Skiba tattooed me in the living room on the bar? I think I was here that day, but I think I left, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this tattoo in the house was super fun. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, I want to I tell you, I'm, I'm proud of you and all the stuff you accomplished and where you came from and your hustle and all that. I mean, it's very inspiring. Even though I'm 10 years older than you, you're like, Obviously, like my brother, and um, just everything you've been through and all the choices you made and everything you did, you did it on your own terms, and you're your own boss. And I'm you're, psyched to where you are. You're 40 years old now. You look fucking great, man. Shit, man. You you do you feel 40? Oh yeah, I feel like 48. Come on, man. Um, yeah, I'm trying to knock that down a little bit. I'm trying to feel 40 by the end of the year. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> COVID's not helping that though. Shit. Is there anything you learned on this lockdown that you never did before, like a new, a new hobby or something that you did? Something new that you never really did or not? Don't lose your mind trying to work every minute of every day because it's not worth so it. So you learn to slow down on this. <laughs> totally. You've always went hard doing 10 different things. Yeah. So you learn to go You learn to go slow down. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Take it back a little bit. Yeah. Like spend, life. spend a lot more time on, your, on yourself, you know. Um, yourself, your health. I'm big into riding bikes. And... Um, Man, I was riding bikes like five or six days a week. Yeah, you were. It was awesome. Mentally too, you know, it's like you got to take care you of your... You have your, to. Your mind. And a happy wife, happy life, all that. All that. So that's good. You took yeah. everything back because you, you were going super hard, man. You're really going hard, man. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? I don't know because that's your grind. That's your hustle. That's the way you No, are I now. know. I, I'm not complaining either. Like I, I'm, I'm stoked on it all. But um, uh, yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's more about as you get older... Um, being excited to kind of like figure yourself out a little more. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're the, you're the, you're the OG role model, man. So thank you for everything. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me on today. And you love the go record, right? Love the go record, man. Forest King. Best song ever. <laughs> you always say, I'm not sure if it's a joke or you're serious, but, but lyrically, man, singing about some shit. Nobody's singing about really. It's a joke. A role model killer. Yeah. Mary, uh, Lane. Mary Lane. I mean, yeah. Mary role model too. Mary Lane. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But dude, Forest King though the lyrics though. People Sounds like you're about. saying Foreskin. I don't know, man. I what was it? Was it Foreskin or I am Forest King? Forest King. Yeah. I am the Foreskin. But you fuck with the shout go out record. Adam Blake. You fuck with the Go record. Yeah, I fuck with it, man. Okay. I, I I celebrate your entire catalog. <laughs> you know. Thank you, man. Um, well, what can we expect from Sharp Shock soon? Just that just that EP, right? So one thing I'm really excited about the Wisdom and Chain Seven Inch. Yeah. 
we have another record uh, EP coming out called Casual As, which is a more kind of like oi street punk, you know, direction. Wow. Uh, we, we, we wrote a whole bunch of like really funny, awesome uh, kind of oi and street punk sort of inspired songs. Dope. Um, lyrics are amazing. Dave, yeah. You know, Davey's talking about pissing in petrol tanks and I mean, dude, it's, it's great. Sick. But something that, I, that I'm really stoked on is we have a seven inch in the works with uh, Body Jar great. from Australia, which Dope. have literally been one of my favorite bands since I was... 14 or 15 That's awesome when i first heard them You're from australia new zealand from australia um they were on the in-flight uh rev okay. compilation gotcha and so for me you know having someone who was so close to home that was like touring the states yeah doing warp tour yeah recording with stefan and bill awesome. was just like this these are our guys like this is like the hometown yeah. kind of even even though it was new zealand and, and australia it was still like that part of the world is has a lot of similarities so um yeah man doing a doing a split seven inch with them cool, man it's awesome so they they've gotten better and better with age i think honestly yeah. and and uh i love everything that they've put out so what's that coming out on not sure yet not sure okay. you know like i'm loving kind of just the diy approach yeah you know it was like you kind of get into this zone of like oh well we need to strive for the best thing around mm -hmm. and then you just get disappointed. And it's like, I don't know, man, it's, you've been there and done that through the industry. I've shit. been and done it so many times yeah. and it, I, I'm not interested in repeating itself yeah. in, in history, repeating itself again. So I think, um, DIY is always, you know, the way to go. You always, been, that's, and that's it, where you started. It's DIY with everything at the shop. So why shouldn't it be? With that's, the where band, you can start, you know? that's where your journey started too. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. Full circle. Yeah. Fucking sick. All right, Dan Smith, thank you for having me. Love you, thank bro. Thank you. Thanks for being on. You can follow Capture Tattoo, Dan Smithism, correct? Correct. On the Instagrizzle. Um, what's your website? Is it CaptureTattoo.com? Correct. Is there, is, there like, is there a Sharp Shock website? Just at Sharp Shock. Yeah, you can buy all the merch. You have really great merch. Yeah, yeah you make you design your merch. It's pretty cool, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, thanks for listening, everybody. I might put a little cut of some music on the end of this from Sharp Shock for a 15-second clip. We'll see what happens. Peace. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, please rate, review, uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, please do that. And whatever platform you are listening to this on, I'm glad you found me. You can rate me and review me on there also. So thank you guys sincerely for the support. I cannot wait for you guys to hear the next one.